Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. I am getting nervous. I am like tensed up listening to this. Honestly, I almost got in a car wreck on the way home because (gasps) I was just driving home from the fertility center like in shock. Daddy's to three, daddy's to me. I swear. (laughs) This is the first time that I've ever been able to be completely myself without fear. Oh, wow. How are you feeling? Um, I, you know, I'm doing all right. Gonna be honest, last couple of weeks have been a bit heavy. We've had some conversations just about where we're at with surrogacy. You know, we started this podcast mid-journey and there are things that happen and we are learning a lot from the people that we're talking to. And you know what? The more we learn, the more we question our own decisions and what we've decided to do for ourselves. So this has been great. <laughs> we haven't, dis- I mean, we still want a family. We still want kids. It's just sort of like, okay, um, how? And are we doing it correctly? And sometimes we feel like we're not. But without getting too far into that... <laughs> I am actually very excited for today because we are going to be interviewing our friends, Jake and Sean, um, better known as Daddies to Three on TikTok and Instagram with the cutest videos and photos of their cute family. Oh my gosh, you're so right. (laughs) We first got to know them at the beginning of the pandemic um, when we were doing like live chats instagram lives and whatnot and then i don't know how exactly we got connected but we just started chatting on there and they instantly became really good pandemic friends where we could like connect and hang out for a little bit from our homes when i think we weren't going anywhere i think we were also you know when when they were going through their surrogacy journey. That was something that was on our minds. And, and amazing to watch and we see. We just got to like, like kind of see it unfold. That. And we were like, oh, wow, that's so cool. It's crazy. And then we were like, holy cow, what would happen if uh, we were told that we were having <laughs> triplets? triplets? And I was like, oh, that would be that would that would be some news for me to um, digest. So I think we're going to talk about that. With Let's get into it. <laughs> okay. Welcome back to the Who's Your Daddy podcast, where we work to demystify the process of starting a family through non-traditional means. From foster care to adoption to IVF and surrogacy, come along as we navigate this tricky space on our own journey to fatherhood. Together, we hope to gain insight and answer as many questions as we can. We are your hosts and husbands, Michael and Matt, and today we are going to be talking to Jake, Jake and, and Sean. Sean. Daddy's, Daddy's to, to three. three. Hello. <laughs> Hi. Hello. Thank you. Thank you. We're happy Hello, to be here. boys. Oh my god. <laughs> so happy to see you. I don't know if I've ever like talked to you via the internets and webcams and things like that. I feel like I've just followed all the the stories and posts. We've I know and it's crazy on live, Michael. Was I? When was that? This was, was that a while ago. The it was a this blur. Years pandemic ago. blur. Oh, Usually while cooking with wine. <laughs> yeah, that's true. There was always wine involved. Oh, <laughs> I don't have a very good memory. Well, there was wine involved. Oh, so. yeah. <laughs> you know. 
but we've but never is... hung out in person. Oh, yeah, I know. and it's Me crazy too. how you feel like you can know somebody even though it's just like, oh, I've just followed you forever. We follow each other. And so you feel like you know each other, but... Right, right. Like, this is good. Crazy. I'm going to really get to know you over this next hour. Um, we <laughs> sort of assume that if, if people are listening to us, they would know you. But why don't you just like, you know, introduce, you know, who you are, where you live, a little bit about your family. Yes, please. So we are Sean and Jake. We are daddies to three on Instagram and TikTok. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we have triplets that are a little over two years old now, Ooh. which is crazy to say because it feels like just yesterday they were born. Right. We are living currently in Salt Lake City, Utah, and we, that's where we grew up and sometimes wanting to get out. But... Oh, really? <laughs> oh. It's always tempting. This last winter was brutal. But... Oh, my God. Oh, okay. Well, it wasn't much better here, so. <laughs> I was like, if you've ever heard of Portland. I do feel like I saw multiple... Uh, multiple videos of somebody shoveling is that sort of uh yeah you, know, you guys are just socked in oh no yeah. pull up the u-haul i'm not dealing with that we can't <laughs> yeah, do really. it I was, I was gonna say we're like cloud gray rain just sort of like gloom but like uh-huh. we don't have to deal with snow except for like once or twice yeah so yeah. <laughs> we I, went... I think we got like nine 900 inches or something like that this year what nine like, it was insane like all the ski resorts broke records and it's beautiful but uh, when it's you're dealing with three toddlers oh you're like i don't want to shovel the snow on top of this no that I'm is trying not to conserve beautiful. energy <laughs> so yeah. i grew up in south dakota and uh they just had constant like barrage of snow and then i went over uh like winter for christmas and i was like oh it's so pretty and then like three days into it i was like get me really out of here glad i don't have to deal with this it's just like <laughs> yes. constant and then oh yeah, yeah okay go out and shovel but then like you can't really go outside all of the yard is just like covered in snow it's not you know you can't mm-hmm. really like i mean you can like yeah. go on a walk sort of but like is it going to be windy is it going to be blizzarding I yeah. don't know. I lived in Nebraska and South Dakota, like, for the first 28 years of my life, so. And you both grew up in Utah, yeah? We did. We yeah. did. Mm-hmm. Did you go to college in Utah? I did not. I went to college in Los Angeles. Oh, wow. So oh. I got out into the sun for a minute. You did? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what brought yeah, you Yeah, so back? he went to USC, <laughs> and then he, he, well, he went on a, I'll let you tell your story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I've been out for out of Utah a few times living. Um, First was Mm -hmm. because I grew up Mormon in Utah. So I was a good little Mormon boy. Uh And so I went on a mission. So I lived in Costa Rica for two years. Oh my God. Preaching the gospel. (gasps) And (laughs) (laughs) then I went to USC um, for four years. So lived in Los Angeles. Sean lived there with me for part of the time. We did long distance for part of the time. But Sean kind of put his, his life on hold to come helped me finish college. And so mm-hmm. when we were done, we came back to Utah and Sean always been in real estate. And so he wanted to continue that. And it's a little bit easier when you, you do that where you grew up because right. that's where all your people are at. Definitely. All your connections, but, et cetera. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Yeah. So it's hard. It's, it's hard because it ties us here. You're like, oh, I want to get out, but. Right. Right, but and there's you, there's some great things about Utah, but yeah, that last winter I was like, we need a I'm summer like, home oh. for the winter. Because both yes. of your careers are in real estate, and yeah, because of that, that kind of anchors you into Utah in a way. Does it make it difficult to move? 
it just you the longer that you're in real estate the easier i feel like it becomes because you're starting mm -hmm. to gain this network you're starting to get referrals from your past clients you know the areas so well that it's Got just it. a little bit scary to go and start that over somewhere else where you'd have to you know kind of start over i feel like we have the tools to do it but you just wouldn't have that safety net of all the people that you know oh 100 percent. so yeah. maybe we'll jump into just a little bit of like growing up i don't know have you told like the story of like growing up and being a missionary and like coming out and like kind of what that that has looked like or like could you share a little bit about that from both of your perspectives i know this is about like children we'll get we'll get to it <laughs> but um i know that that is is kind of a push pull of and this is of, a big yeah. part of like having children it's a yeah. consideration you know you, oh yeah absolutely. yeah totally and I feel like it's ultimately like we both grew up with that kind of trajectory or that path, you know, like being Mormon and growing up that way, your life is kind of mapped out for you. Like yeah. at this age, you do this, at this age, you do that. And then, you know, once you're married, then you have your family and happily ever after sort of a thing. So I feel like both of us grew, growing up that way kind of led us to wanting yeah. to have a family. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I feel like the, the, Mormon church is very family centric um, mm -hmm. in that mm -hmm. a big teaching is that you can be with your families forever. I mean, that's kind of what they preach. And so the idea of having a family has been important to us since both of us were very little. But growing up gay and Mormon, I think that you kind of lose sight of that. You're like, there's no way that that's going to, to be my life either. You kind right. of have two paths. And one was, you know, you just live a life that you're completely celibate in the church and you never act on these same sex attractions as they would call it. Um, or you find yourself somewhere in the middle. Like if you could be bisexual enough or like yourself enough to marry a woman and mm. try to have a family that way. And I mean, it's hard because we see that now with a lot of the generations that did try that. And it's messy because you get into it and now you have kids involved, you have a wife involved and you're like, oh, well, you're still gay and you're trying to figure this out now. I don't, I don't think it's fair to either of the people involved there, but no, it right. is this, this huge juxtaposition that you're in where you're like, I want to have a family. And in order to do that, I have to be inauthentic and marry a woman. Were so, those conversations that you had like prior to coming out? It was like, hey, I'm struggling with this. And then they were like, well, here are your two options. Like, was that a conversation you had or were you sort of like in the closet and then you're like, I'm done with this. Like, I can't do this anymore. And I'm out. Was there like a transition or like a like a talking yeah. period of like trying to figure it out with people in the church or not really? There definitely was. And I feel like it's kind of funny because as we were coming out, that's kind of when this issue started becoming more mainstream within the church and they started mm. talking more about it. And, you know, their their dialogue surrounding the LGBT community has shifted a bit within the church, um, softened from what it was teaching before I still feel like it's in a toxic way when it comes to authenticity, but um, those conversations were being had as we were trying to transition and figure out this balance. And were you together 
at that point we were yeah oh so wow we can kind of yeah let's we'll lead you up to kind of where where that all came together that would be cool if you want to talk about meeting and everything yeah so i mean both of us were the grinder success story we met on yeah. <laughs> 11 years ago Unheard so we, of. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so grinder can work um yeah <laughs> so we were chatting on there for a couple of months um and we were both kind of going through our little phases of, you know, meeting up with guys and, and whatnot. But um, both of us kind of had had some negative experiences and we were like chatting about that. And, and Jake was really like wanting to meet up. And I was like, ah, I don't know how I feel about that. I just had this weird bad experience. And mm-hmm. he was like, please, like, let's just meet. We can meet somewhere safe, like in a, pu- you know, public setting. <laughs> I was like, cool. Um, so we ended up meeting up at a Jamba Juice and we just like grabbed smoothies and went and sat and talked in his car. Um, oh, I love that. and we ended up sitting talking for like three or four hours the first oh time we God. met wow. and like just, you know, sobbing and being like, Oh, I feel the same. Like just sobbing in a Jamba other. Juice parking lot. Oh <laughs> yeah. my God. For your first date. Yes. Uh-huh. For our first date. Yeah. <laughs> Just that like, is a movie. Uh, that's, that's what I was going to say. That is a book. There's a book called like Crying in H Mart or something. Or, I don't know. And it's like this beautiful story about this woman and her mom. But, so like, your book is sobbing your, bo- your in book a is sobbing in a Jamba Juice parking lot. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, here for it. Did you get tears in your smoothie? Probably. Sorry. I'm that sure. Was a I'm sure. <laughs> so insensitive. I know. Keep going. Keep going. But just like feeling like, oh, wow, I've never met anybody that like understands me or gets me yeah um to give some background i had never come out to anyone at this oh. point besides church leadership so <gasps> i came home from my mission went to my mission really thinking that i could you know overcome this temptation be righteous right. enough to where god would take away this temptation from me mm-hmm. and i came back home and that's not what happened so i fell into kind of this deep depression But there's so much emphasis on appearances within the Mormon church that it's so scary to even be vulnerable enough to say I'm struggling with something. So it was like a secret depression. I started hooking up, but all under aliases. So even the people that I was doing stuff with didn't even know my real name. So when I met with Sean, he was the very first person that I'd ever come out to besides, you know, repenting. (laughs) Mm, Um, mm -hmm. And even my parents at this point didn't know. So I met up with Sean and we're like, oh my gosh, this is the first time that I've ever been able to be completely myself without fear. Mm-hmm. And I think that was very, very special and bonded us from the beginning. And at that point, we just thought we were going to be friends. Like we're, we still thought we're going to help each other through this gay thing. We're going to overcome this together. Oh, and wow. that was the trajectory. Understanding wives. Yeah, you know. that was our plan. <laughs> So and then you're going to find understanding wives. Yeah. I, like, I didn't want, I didn't want to be, you know, I didn't want to lie to a precious daughter of God. <laughs> so I was going to tell her that I'm gay, but we're going to work through this together. <laughs> wow. It's, it's yeah. Yeah. Oh. Not, not right. good. Not healthy, but no, but I mean, like, that's like, but it's like mental, mental gymnastics so, to try yeah. to make. But I understand that that's kind of like Mm -hmm. the trajectory that the church would prefer its patrons to take is like, hey, yeah, you might be gay, but find someone who's understanding, work through it, and be in a heterosexual relationship with kids. 
Yeah. And yeah. Like, whoa. Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, like, that's not, whoa. that's not that far out of, uh, I think what maybe you and I thought about too, being both raised. Yeah. But I wasn't going to like come out about it. Yeah. No, I think, I think that's true too. I think, man, I don't, yeah, maybe, maybe that's a uniquely, well, maybe it's not a uniquely Mormon thing. No, uniquely you know that, Mormon like, thing, but it's it's definitely like a thing that I hmm. did not really think about before of just like finding someone who is so understanding and being like, yeah, you're gay, but we're going to meet in the middle and have kids together and have <laughs> yeah. a loving relationship and like, whoa. Yeah, and that, that happens here. I mean, there are plenty of stories, you know, we've met plenty of people that like did that. They found a woman and came out to her and they were like, but I'm not going to act on it. And, you know, yeah. I don't know if it's necessarily encouraged, but there is just this rhetoric that, mm -hmm. you know, this is a temptation that you've been given. Just like some people, some kids are addicted to narcotics from birth. Like that's kind of how mm -hmm. they relate it. Like they will use these analogies or like, you're, this is your temptation that you have in life, but the more righteous you become, the less you'll be tempted by it. Yeah, so if you're like, okay, if I can just, yeah. you know, move forward with the path. I had a family member who um, used something similar about how like, you know, well, I, even though I'm straight, like I could be tempted by other women who aren't my wife, you know, but like, that's my temptation. And right. like, this is your yeah. temptation now. So it's like, not the same thing, but yeah. thank you very much for your input. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but thank you. Yes, exactly. So then when, so you met 11 years ago, you said, and then you were 11 like, years we're going to find righteous wives. Mm -hmm. And then how long did that last? It did not last. Like two, like weeks, two weeks. And then we're like, I think this, 15 is, minutes. this is love. Like, I feel like this is what love right? is. Yeah, we just yeah. started hanging out like every day, like any moment that we got where we could spend time together, we were together. And I feel like it just happened super fast and we were finding ourselves like, you know, falling in love. And then, yeah, like just a month in, I think we were kind of like, what is this? What are we doing? Like, are we going to put a label on this? Or, And we were kind of like, I think this is love. And you know let's just keep rolling with it and and it was a lot of navigating to do because i feel like at that point i still wanted to be a part of the church and we were kind mm. of navigating the space of being gay and mormon and that was easier in la so we did a year of long distance and then sean moved to la with me um, got it okay and we started a chapter of what's called affirmation which is lgbt mormons and families which is kind of just to support you wherever you're at everybody has like a similar background in mormonism but it's if you are acting on your same-sex attraction that's great if you want to be celibate that's great we're not going to choose hmm. your path but let's have a forum of where everybody can come together and relate in a safe space to explore and navigate that and we did that in California, and when we moved back to Utah, it's just a little bit more of a high-demand culture in Utah than it would be outside where Mormonism mm -hmm. is not the majority. Right. So it was harder to navigate here. I think it led us to really dissecting our faith and understanding, is this actually something we believe in, or is this something that's more cultural or more, you know, based off of what our family wants for us. We right. started to dissect our our faith and our beliefs and came to terms with, you know, this isn't actually what we believe. And yeah. 
this isn't something that's healthy for us to stay a part of and kind of took our exit from there. And with those conversations taking place, um, where did the conversation of having kids in the future come in? I honestly don't feel like we really started talking about that until we really worked through all of our shit. Like Mm -hmm. when you leave a high demand religion like that, there comes with a lot of baggage and issues that you have to work through and navigate. Um, And I feel like because we like came together and found each other like and came out together and like did all this together it just there was a lot there's of, a lot of baggage when you marry yeah. your first mormon boyfriend <laughs> yeah. yeah oh my god yeah like, imagine never mormon. having dated anyone and then the only person you date is also mormon well and like <laughs> did you know many mm-hmm. gay people or i mean like yeah. you, you knew in la right because you were like in this group so yeah you at least had like people to you know, you weren't like, oh my God, we're the only ones, hopefully, right? No. right? I mean, yeah. we had formed a really good support system and, and had a lot of friends and stuff that were kind of going through similar situations. And um, and so anyways, I mean, it's just like, we wanted to get first our relationship into a, a good place. And then it was like, once that happened, okay, next step is, you know, we're going to get married. Um, and then next step is like, you know, finding a house, buying a house together, um, and combining our, our lives financially. And then I think that's when we started having the conversation of like, okay, you know, yeah, it feels like the next step is kids. Is that something that you want? Is that something I want? Like, what is that going to look like for us? How's that going to change our lives? Mm-hmm. Um, and then we both kind of came to that conclusion, like, yes, that's what we really wanted. I think Jake wanted kids a little bit earlier on in life than I did. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we're, he's three years older than me. So he was kind of like, I don't want to be an old dad, which like, yeah. there's no, <laughs> nothing wrong with that. But like that just, he was, he wanted to be, he had this in his mind. He was like, mm-hmm. I don't want to be over 30 when I start having kids. And so, mm-hmm. um, and he was, cause we, cause life always throws you curveballs. But he's complicated. Yes, having kids is, is complicated. I think for me too, it was, I always wanted a family and I always wanted kids, but it financially, it's just so expensive and neither of us Mm -hmm. come from like familial money and we were just getting into careers and just getting things started. And so it just seemed so far off, like it wasn't a possibility for us. And so when we finally started finding success in our careers and moving forward, it was really exciting to feel that you know that dream wasn't as far away as it wow. had seemed for all those years and how did you cross the bridge of like talking about how you wanted to go about building your family was it always through surrogacy um was like adoption no, ever yeah. on the table like foster yeah, yeah we yeah so we kind of ran through all of those options and yep. we actually had a, um, some really good friends at the time that was going through um, adoption, and then we had some friends going through foster, and then we had some friends going through surrogacy. So we kind there of actually go. watched all of them um, navigate that. And our friends that were going through adoption had been chosen several times, and and like had heart wrenching situations happen yeah. where like the kids were then yanked, you know. Uh-huh. Um, mm-hmm. And we had some friends that you know were doing foster, and it was kind of just tricky, like watching them navigate like a little older kids, and and just like kind of some of those the stuff that comes along with that, which I mean, more power to anybody that like, you know, wants to go through any, I mean, everyone has to choose what's right for them. And then um, our friends that went through surrogacy, um, they were like, they gave us the rundown and they were like, this is, you know, how we did it. And 
we just kind it of just felt... seems so smooth. I was like, right? oh, for, for people that really like control, like us, we're like, this um, is the way to go. I can control everything. This is great. I'm going to find out. And life doesn't work that way. Yeah. There were a lot of bumps in the road. Oh, but God, yeah. that was initially why we were like, okay, well, let's go surrogacy. That sounds right. like it's a little more simple. And those friends kind of had talked us into it. They were like, you can really do it a step at a time. And you guys are learning this where it's like, okay, you don't have to have everything like full blown saved from the beginning. You can kind of take it in, in steps or chunks where you're like, okay, we'll, we'll start by creating embryos. Um, okay. And then you can freeze them and hold them for a bit and then you can save and I can wait. then you yeah. can find your attorney. And right. So that's kind of how we, we did it. And I think it happened maybe faster than we anticipated. Cause once you're like in it, you're just like, Oh, I just want it to like, right. Keep keep going. Going. You just and start I, the process and you're like, let's get it done. I yeah. can see the finish line. Yeah. Straight ahead. So when did yeah. you start that process? Did you say sometime in 2020 or 2019? Did you start in like 2019? 2019. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. 2019. Um, and so we had connected with, uh, a surrogate through the internet actually. Oh. Um, that was like your first step? No. Oh, oh, oh. So our, our very oh. first step. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> you're like, don't um, have embryos, like, but Whoa. like we found the we found the woman. Yeah. I'm like, give right. her <laughs> our number <laughs> immediately. Really? I know. Huh? <laughs> no, we went we actually went to this panel. We went to this really cool dinner that was just like LGBT LGBT QIA family building. And oh God, it, they just cool. had a bunch of different parents that had created their families through different means and they just all told their stories. And then afterwards you could talk to them about resources and things. And so we got connected really early on with the Utah fertility center. Um, And they're actually a really great fertility center. A lot of people come from all over the world to come to Utah because Utah has really good surrogacy laws, which is surprising. Right. Um, That is surprising. Yeah. But, um, we connected with them and that's kind of how we got started. They, they put us into the database of anonymous egg donors and we started looking through egg donors and, you know, getting everything in order there, created our embryos. Um, and then we sat for a while and saved a little more until we found our surrogate. But in that process, we posted a picture online and just said, Hey, we're starting the surrogacy journey. And um, we had this really amazing lady reach out from Idaho. And she was like, I write um, LGBT young adult fiction. I have kids of my own. They were all really smooth pregnancies, but I've always really wanted to do this for a same-sex couple. Would you consider me? And she was our very first person that we had talked to. And we were like, of course we would consider you. Let's get to know each other a little bit more. Uh, We joined some Facebook groups um, where there's a lot of, you know, women that want to do surrogacy. Um, And so we had some connections there and did some interviews. And ultimately, we felt the best about the connection that we had made with this Idaho um, lady. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of who we started the process with and started moving forward, planning a date to to transfer. And when you started this process, like where were your families at? as far as coming out, leaving the church, um, going on this journey to start your family? Yeah, I feel like um, we've been very fortunate. Our families are very supportive, um, especially today. You know, I mean, they're they're wonderful now. They're great grandparents and love their grandbabies. Oh, awesome. And um, they're very, very supportive. And they're, you know, we're not treated any differently than it, 
the siblings and the other grandkids aren't treated any differently like that sort of a thing. Um, but it definitely was a journey getting there. Our families yeah. are both still LDS, um, took a lot of conversations. And I feel like when we decided that, Hey, we're, we're wanting to start a family and we're, we're actually in that process. Um, we sat our families down, had that conversation, um, and just kind of said, like, I'm kind of that person that's like pretty blunt and just like, willing to draw boundaries with people like, Hey, you know, if you're not going to treat us the same, if you're not going to treat our kids the same, like they won't be a part of your life. So let's like start working through this weirdness now so that we can just get to a place where it's like, I think it's hard. That's a really hard conversation to have and a really hard boundary to set. Um, We actually have some, a gay couple that we follow that were sort of made a post about that, about like non-supportive family and how Mm -hmm. it's like, we just had to say like, look, if you don't support us, like you just can't be invited into, you know, our space because like you need to accept all of us if you're going to like come over and try and like love on our kid. Right. It's, right. it's going to make we created that conflict otherwise. Yeah. It's, it's just not so good for the weird either to have. Well, it's not good for the kids. Yeah. And that's ultimately why I wanted to have that conversation because I was like, I'm looking out for my future kids because they're not, they're already going to deal with enough at like school or just life in general. I mean, life is hard. Like they're not going to have the people that should love them treat them any differently because you know, right. Well, it's something that dads. like, so. it's something that you don't need to worry about. Right. Like, yeah. it's like, you, you have so many things to think oh about already. God. Like yeah. what, you had triplets for God's sakes. And then like, you know, people coming into your house, the last thing you want to worry about is like, Oh my God, are they going to say something that like could, could make my child think poorly or like, question their mm-hmm. existence or like their parents and i mean like yeah that's just right. so it's just yeah. like we don't need that what happens when i'm thinking like when when kids start going to school and everything like that and co- if there's any comments or something like that comes up how do you address that in a school setting or yeah i, I mean it's I think, hard I think it it'd be scary yeah it'd be hard i mean you're we're not quite there yet i mean luckily right with two-year-olds yeah no it was just a thought <laughs> that i had i, yeah, I want to yeah. know more about that you know mm-hmm. like how how do parents approach that when when yeah. that situation comes up yeah, yeah i, I think mean, that's definitely. why yeah community i feel like is so important um and i feel like forums like this are so important because you're learning and we're sharing experiences we're fortunate enough to have friends and gay dads that have older kids and i think that they'll Definitely. be a really yeah. good resource for us as we're navigating those situations as well when you were going through this process i i think part of what inspired us to like be like oh my gosh we need like a long format forum <laughs> where we can just like talk about <laughs> a lot of this stuff were you surprised at how many people w- didn't know that much about like ivf and surrogacy right they, yeah. like when you were telling them oh, you do this, 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 and then we have to do this, 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 and it costs this. And they're like, shocked, ah, blah, blah, right? Oh, yeah. Things down to, oh, the person that's carrying them is not biologically related to them in some cases. and Or um, I know you two have talked about um, how you can have, you know, different biological dads, but they're twins at the same time. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, and the exactly. conversations that you have to have with your surrogate too because yes these are your children but you're she's the one that's carrying them and it's her body that's kind of on the line for that right. and so you know having the conversation of um 
you know, if there are complications in the pregnancy, like, how are we going to handle that? Are we going to, you know, are you okay with abortion and those type of things? Like, it's just really, there's so much to navigate that you just don't think about until you're going through that Mm -hmm. process. Even having triplets, you had to, I mean, up front, you have to have that conversation. What happens if any of these split? Are you okay carrying triplets? Because that's a high risk pregnancy. Yeah, Um, absolutely. Yeah. So you That's have complicated. <laughs> I'm, I'm just thinking about that conversation because, yeah, you have to lay out what is going to happen before mm-hmm. that actually happens. You have to yeah. you have to discuss the hypotheticals, like how mm-hmm. many multiples until <laughs> until, until you say no. Yeah, like, you uh, say no, and, and you have to abort There's one. There's a number or, in your contract. Yeah, and you have to state that. Wow. Yeah. Holy crap. Yeah. There's a number in the contract. Yeah, our, our contract did. It said, you know, in the case that this switches, how many are you willing to carry? And I think she put mm-hmm. something like five because she was just like, I'll do whatever. Like she was just a sweet angel. But <laughs> wow. um, yeah, I mean, you can imagine, they have the right like... to be like, hey, no, if twins turn into triplets, I'm not willing to carry triplets. And that's a conversation that you'd have to have. Wow. So you because it's their body and their life. Oh, totally, and, and like, absolutely. If, if, you know, the, yeah. The more multiples, the more risk, and when you're yeah. carrying that many babies. Well, one mm-hmm. thing that you know, one thing that we had just talked about recently was like, you know, going through each line item. It's like life insurance for the surrogate, and you're like, oh my god, yeah. Like you're literally there's a mortality rate of pregnancy, yeah. and mm-hmm. like so, you absolutely have to have that written into the contract. Yeah. But so going back to, um you just felt really, really secure with this woman in Idaho. Um, but was that the like transfer that, that didn't wor- take the first time or can you, you mentioned something about the first time being uh, not successful. Yeah. So we went through the, the surrogacy process twice. Um, oh, okay. And wow. the first time, so it was with this um, Idaho lady who is this amazing angel to us still. Mm. Um but we transferred two embryos. Only one was successful. So we successfully transferred one. Um, and we only made it 12 weeks in. And then unfortunately Mm. she miscarried and it's, it's devastating of that because it's just so complicated. I mean, you've built up this relationship with this person and you're trying to be there emotionally, but we were also in Utah. She was in Idaho at the time. Mm. It's just, it's, complicated i mean it's traumatic for her it's traumatic for us i mean not only did you lose that potential life but i think it was like i mean not to get financial but that's what we're talking about in here too that i mean that was like a twenty thousand dollar day where you're like oh like that's a lot of money we just lost we have to start over we have to save again what happens if this happens again we did a question of like can we do this again not only for the emotional impact but also the financial impact Uh, financially right can we we afford to do this again or when that baby miscarried was that also our like dreams of having a baby gone yeah and you've seen some you know intended parents that don't have a didn't end up with a lot of embryos and so it's like Mm -hmm. oh do you have embryos left to be able to do the process again right so there's a lot of complications that go into it we did a lot of additional testing to try to get her ready again and when it came time to do the next transfer the doctor said there's probably a 50 percent chance that you'll she'll make it to term at this point that her body's just not ready for it so we had to make that heartbreaking 
a decision to, uh, you know, cut the tie with that surrogate and move on to another um, surrogate. Wow. Which is crazy because it feels like this breakup and it's like our journey is going to continue, but yours ends here. And it's like, it's just yeah. hard because you just always envision it with that person that, right, and she's right. going to be the auntie. And then it didn't happen. Uh, yeah. yeah I mean, we're like a year into this, you know, with her and, and she's obviously uh, pushing for like wanting to try again. She's like, felt like a failure the first time and like, I can do it again, you know, but you're like, Oh, like 50% chance. Like when you're talking about it, it sucks that it comes down to money, but you're like, we're running out. We like, if we can't, you know, have a successful transfer the second time, like we will have to stop our family journey. Yeah. Here, absolutely. you know, yeah. until until <sighs> another time. And so yeah. Oh my god. I am getting nervous. I'm like tensed yeah. up I listening to this scare because you guys. I'm like, I'm like uh, <laughs> uh, I just <laughs> I wanna apologize for anyone who's going through any part of this really? journey right now because as we're talking about this, I'm just getting anxious thinking like yeah. because it's yeah. it's that's a harsh reality. Well and it's hard too. It's like you know all these things could happen, but you see, like, you see the success stories, or at least those are the ones that show up on your feed. And of, like, you want yeah. these two beautiful just... families, and, like, you, there are a lot of people... You want to believe it. Yeah, and I think, well, and who knows? Like, maybe there are more people that go through unsuccessful transfers multiple times, but they just, like, don't talk about it, or it's like, you know, that's, that's what you say about <laughs> it, is like, yep, we we didn't have a successful transfer and now we're trying again or, you know, mm -hmm. now we're yeah. family planning journey is essentially at least halted for now. Or like, maybe we're not even sure if we can continue going on. So yeah. how long between, so you get this like really awful news, obviously, right? Like miscarrying again from her and you super emotional. I'm assuming some sort of just like, like reflection, recovery, obviously yeah. financial, right? Like you mm -hmm. have to wait a little bit, maybe to this like, yeah, build up the mm -hmm. bank account. How did you guys wait like six months, a year, two years? We miscarried in November. And then um, the fertility center reached out to us and we were planning on waiting probably longer than this, but they reached out to us in March. Um, mm, and they were mm -hmm. like, hey, we have this um, incredible lady that just carried twins for another couple. She's wanting to try again um, and do it wow. and, and do it again. And um, and her pregnancy went really great. And we've worked with her and she's amazing. Um, would you be interested in chatting with her? And we were kind of like, OK, we didn't know, you know, this would happen so quickly. We weren't searching it out, but it kind of found us. And we were like, OK, like, yeah, we're interested in chatting with her. Mm -hmm. And and she and there's a lot that has to line up, too, because you're like, there's different ways when it comes to fine financials uh, as far mm -hmm. as insurance goes. So if you find a <sighs> yeah. surrogate that has her own insurance and that surrogacy is covered under her insurance, obviously you still will pay for all those medical bills and such. But if her out-of-pocket max is really low, that's a surrogate that's like really great to have because you're like going to be unicorn. able to save some money there too. <laughs> So she had already carried multiples, which we were planning to transfer to embryos. She had great insurance. She was in Utah. And she was oh, just wow. an amazing And she's just right? amazing. We talked to her. It took a little bit to finally meet up because it was during the pandemic. Um, oh, yeah. And okay. 
we were just going to do a Zoom call and such, but she's deaf and her husband is deaf. So it was this weird, we had to use this like um, service where there was a translator there that would translate back and forth um, over video. Um, When we finally were able to meet in person, she's great at reading lips and everything. So you had to pull your mask down, but (laughs) (laughs) it was great. (laughs) So her insurance had a surrogacy rider in it that covered her pregnancy if she was a surrogate. Yeah. That is yeah. so that is incredible. rare. Yeah. Yeah. So Did rare. they tell you how rare was that like, was? Yeah. And yeah. her out-of-pocket max was like $5,000. No, $2,500. So, oh, my God. And she so, had already met it for the year, so it was like like one of those crazy things where we're like, okay, well, let's, let's go. Like, let's go because it's March. Let's make it happen this year in this calendar year. And Ooh. so... Oh, my gosh, because you didn't have... Yeah, because you wouldn't have to. Okay, so if anybody's like wondering why we're talking about timing, typically open enrollment is when you want to buy supplemental insurance for your surrogate if they don't have the surrogacy rider, correct? Right. So that happens in like, what, three or four weeks, November, December-ish area, October, November, maybe. Yeah. Uh, if you don't do that, then you're back into the private insurance marketplace, which can be like a ten to $15,000 uh, increase in overall like, cost. We where I think when we were talking to our agency, it was like, oh yeah, it could save you like, you know, not many people have it and it will save you like between like five and $10,000. Then we were talking with friends and they were like, mm, I think our insurance policy was like 30,000 for the surrogate. And I was like, what, are you kidding me? So, yeah. so now, now I'm like, wait, but who's right? And like, where are these policies and why are they so different? And so to me, I'm, I'm like, line iting it out i'm like oh my god if she has that rider i'm just mm-hmm. gonna say that's a twenty five thousand dollars savings you know what i mean like, like, it it's so it's such a huge so yeah. amazing and i don't i don't know if in utah it's more common I but i feel like most of the dads that we've had in utah the surrogates have used their own insurance we are looking Almost in utah oh, we are going hey. online after we have this. a basement apartment for you it's happening set it up i'm coming over we gotta find a surrogate let's oh my go god. let's, let's book go. the flight i am yeah. ready <laughs> yeah you okay, so you're good for the fertility center there's great surrogates um and the other one that i think is really great about utah is the surrogacy Archer. laws you don't have to um you don't have to adopt your kids you can be right on the birth mm-hmm, certificate perfect. so it's easy there and attorney fees are not as expensive there's like one guy that does it here and he does it for everybody and so he's just used to doing it and oh my god wow Daddies okay. to three, daddies to me. I swear, it's so it's so crazy to like every single person that we talk to has like little nuggets of of like info that are going to be potentially so applicable. And like you're saying that, but do not be surprised if we start getting on the horn and of like looking yeah, in Utah right now because you guys make a you make a good argument for Utah. I know, Utah seriously. Well, and, already on and that, we, that is insane. So it's funny because our first surrogate that was in Idaho, we were gonna make her have the babies. So she was going to come here mm, and have mm-hmm. the babies here. Like that was part of our contract actually with her. We were like, before we agreed to, to go with her um, or she agreed to go with us, like it was all a consensual thing. Like um, we were like, well, it's really important for us to like both be on the birth certificates from the, from the get go. And we don't want to have to like adopt our own kids. And right. so like, as you get closer to the end of pregnancy, you're welcome to come and like live with us. Like, but we've got to kind of time it so that like that 
hopefully doesn't happen that the kids are born there. But luckily she was good with that. And it took several turns from there. <laughs> right. Exactly. Uh, yeah. But yeah, so our, um, we saved a lot there. Our surrogate, because she had done it once before. So they, you know, they typically increase their, their compensation, um, because they're a proven surrogate mm-hmm. and which she did, but she was still very, very reasonable. Um, Good. and which is very generous of her. Yes, <laughs> exactly. I'm like, you only made that much money to carry three kids for, right. and especially considering know. like the savings on insurance and, and all yeah. that, that's like, super yeah. great. Lord knows you showered her. Yes, yes. you showered her with love, and I'm sure things that are worth more than just compensation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Save big on brunch for mom. All in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for one twenty nine each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty nine a pound. All with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Let's talk about what happened when you discovered that there were three. We have a, <laughs> a successful transfers. We're, we're feeling good. What, at what point do you find out you know what 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 week was that ultrasound it's at nine weeks it's actually pretty early on okay oh wow, yeah. of, women don't even know they're pregnant until they're you know 10, 12 10, mm-hmm. 11 weeks yeah, yeah. yeah so our surrogate has triplets of her own oh she does uh, so what? she does yeah Ser- like talk about serendipitous yeah right? like so she has natural birth or not oh, what is that God. i mean like she has no, she didn't do IVF. She has five-year-old triplet boys, right? Yeah. right currently. Oh my um, god! Then she carried twins, right, for another couple, and then so she was her HCG levels, which is the level that they measure to see, like the um, predict if you're predict if you're pregnant, pregnant or Pre- not. Right. Okay. Um, her levels were really, really high, mm. and so she kept teasing us, like, "You guys, I think you're pregnant with triplets," and we were like, "No, no we're no, not." No, 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 no. <laughs> but hopefully, it's just two. You know. But we were getting excited. We're like, okay, like well, two. Oh, so the conversation like, did come up before the ultrasound. Yeah, like, what would we do if we had triplets? That's crazy. Oh, but not really. Triplets. It was just like a joke. I didn't yeah. even let my mind go there. I was like, no, no, no. Like, there's no yeah. way. That's crazy. Like, there's but no way. Thought, like, okay, I think maybe we're getting twins this time because those yeah. models are high. Um, so anyways, then we, we go into this appointment and she's teasing us, right? The technician can hear the, the banter kind of going back and forth about like, Hey, we'll see if it's triplets. Like, no, oh it's not going to be triplets, you know? And so she starts scanning and she sees the two sacks and she's like, you, well, I see two sacks. Like, that's a good sign. So she goes over to one and she starts scanning through it. And she's like, I don't, I don't hear a heartbeat. I don't see a baby in the first sack. Let me move over to the second one. And she's like, okay, I see one in the second one. You're pregnant with one. Like, congratulations. And Jake and I had talked on the way there. We're like, we're going to be happy with whatever outcome. Because we felt like Mm -hmm. the first go around, we were like really hoping for twins. And then one stuck and we were, we just just should have been more happy about everything. But the first go around, we should have been more just like grateful that we had at least one. Um, And so this time around, we're like, whatever happens, happens. Like, we're going to be happy with whatever, you know? Yeah. 
And so we're like, that's great. Like we're, we're at least pregnant with one. That's really good news. She's like, let me just go get another technician to come in and, and like verify my work essentially. Cause she's like, it is weird that there are two sacks. Mm-hmm. And so she comes in and she starts scanning. She's like, no, you're pregnant with twins. They're both there. She starts printing us out the ultrasound oh pictures. Oh. I literally said on video. We have it on video. I'm like, oh, thank God it's not three. Um, <laughs> of course. Eat your words. Eat your words. Right? Yeah. I know. It's like the quickest, like, eat your word moment I've ever had. So then she's, like, continuing scanning through, just doing her thing. She's like, wait a minute. I think I did see a third in there and we're like whatever like you heard us joking about this like whatever and she's like no seriously you guys you're i think you're pregnant with triplets and i was like well can you get them all in one frame which is like i'll double check and sean's like you better triple check oh i did say that you better better triplet check yeah (laughs) (laughs) and she's like no sure enough you're you're pregnant with three and i was like god i not going to drive a minivan like that is not my life like was that your first uh thought yeah and i and i vocalized it <laughs> really and, was and i got around the office really quickly like he's going to be driving a minivan like well, they had on, to do you drive a minivan now no. you don't drive a minivan I, no, strong. <laughs> oh my god i'm a stubborn i'm dying i'm dying he finds out he's pregnant with triplets and he's like i'm, I'm not, not driving, driving a minivan it's <laughs> not happening <laughs> so you can do it everybody if if you get pregnant with triplets you can still drive there, something that's not a oh minivan oh my god that's there so are funny options. there are other there are options. options that's so funny i get the convenience of a minivan and i'm not shaming any moms who have minivans or dads, or dads. they're great Sorry. but aesthetic we got to keep up aesthetic okay so what was the second thought behind i'm not driving a minivan oh shit like how are we gonna do this like yes like we had just built a house like yes thinking we were having gonna have twins like there's just uh we ended up moving like (laughs) we moved because we couldn't fit like three it was first world problems but you're like we can't fit three cribs and a chair in this, mm, room, in this room like in our nursery anymore the car that we drove you couldn't fit three car seats in that like it just changed a ton where you're like oh, i'm going to wow. be outnumbered from the very beginning and then it's just completely terrifying as like yeah. joyous as it was to get the news of having triplets you're like oh my we've been through this process before with the miscarriage and now like just we're way more likely to not every single day like defects it's just it was so scary because of the chance just because it's such a high risk pregnancy pregnancy. and i think that's where that like serendipitous part and having switched surrogates and as heartbreaking as it was to to switch surrogates the fact that our second surrogate had triplets of her own like she was our rock and she was our support it was just like i've done it before like we're gonna do it again like that's incredible. Yeah. I think I think that um, I that makes me feel um, good that because I think I would go through those same emotions of like oh my god because they tell you right like when you when you transfer to embryos you go from a three percent chance to a six percent chance essentially all of your risks are doubled and then obviously you transferring to prior only having one stick and then even the one even though you had a singleton, like that didn't yeah. work out. And then you're going to triplets. And like, I think a lot of times these pregnancy, the pregnancy journeys are, are the 
they're so beautiful and you know when the kids are here you know we're so we're so happy that everything worked out and that they're healthy but there are like serious serious mental hurdles of like yeah you're Mama sitting there worrying like hair out is she gonna call mm -hmm. me at 23 weeks right and have to be admitted mm -hmm. like it like what is going like what could potentially happen like if we had twins you know they usually have a NICU stay. Now we're, we're with triplets. Like how long is that NICU stay going to be? Like how big can this person get before she explodes? Right. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's, yeah. those, those would be all the things that I would be thinking. Is that sort of yeah, like totally. thoughts that yeah. you guys have? Honestly, I almost got in a car wreck on the way home because <gasps> I was just driving home from the fertility center, like in shock. Like I literally think it was literal shock. Like they, they actually had to come back into the room and they were like, is everything okay? Like, because we were in there for like 25 minutes after like they'd left. Like you just know? kind of sitting. And they're like, <laughs> no way. We kind of need this room again. Like we have like, to clear the room. For the next appointment. Like, do you think you guys can leave? And we're like, oh yeah, sure. Sorry. Like we'll get out of here. And then I like, yeah, we're driving. The first place we go is to my mom's. Cause I'm like, my mom's I thought you were going to say Jamba Juice. <laughs> that would have gone Jamba have. Juice. But we went to my mom's, which was a bad idea because she's a NICU nurse. And so oh. I thought it would be a great oh. idea, right? Like, go to the NICU mom. Like, and my mom was like, the first thing she says is like, that's a high risk, high risk pregnancy. Like, I've seen three reduced down to two, and I've seen three reduced down to one or three, you know, like just horrible things. Not I'm like, things mom, you need to hear. Yeah. Like, this yeah. is not what I want to hear right now. Like, yeah. I need positive, uplifting, you got this rah-rah like mm -hmm. right now and you do get and it's just so many mental gymnastics because you do get and then you get the doctor saying okay well do you want to selectively re selectively reduce down to two now that you have three like and you're like <laughs> these decisions that you're making is and the doctor giving wow. you like uh percentages chances of like hey if yeah. you reduce down yeah. to two this is your percent mm -hmm. percentage of success but rate or it is and that's kind of what you know I mean, I don't know what we would have we decided, would have but that did go into our decision a lot too, because I think that also you have to selectively reduce the one that's closest to the the uterus, and so and that would have been the the twins, uh, the, twins the, girls. the girls. So it would have been oh. select, selectively reducing down to one oh um, if we took that procedure, and so and we, we had we it wasn't yeah. an option but. And we had complications i mean the girls um they shared a placenta and one was getting way more nutrients and the other one was growth mm. restricted um we did end up in the nicu um i think for having triplets it went pretty smoothly mm -hmm. but definitely. there are definitely hiccups along the, the road and it, the entire you know nine month process is just a big ball of anxiety not nine months for us but yeah but we, they were they were born at 32 weeks so we were really pregnant mm. like seven months but. how big were they so our ren because so that's why they decided to um do the c-section like okay. a emergency c-section because we went in and, and ren like had stopped growing entirely and like wasn't getting any like blood flow from the yeah. placenta yeah. so um they were like yeah we need to we need to take them out i think they'll do much better out um and we were most nervous about ren because they were like, she's not, she's probably right around two pounds. And so Ren like had pushed her way. She was not supposed to come out first, but she like pushed her way to the front, right? Like, <laughs> I'm coming out first. I'm going to be the big sister. And she was just been like fiery ever since she's then. She's our little, little big sister. She's oh still the smallest. 
but she was born at two, like two and a half pounds. And then she dropped, like they all dropped yeah. um, weight initially. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. she got down to about two pounds. And then the other two were four and four, four. And got down to about three. They were both, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Winnie was, Winston was four pounds, two ounces, and Willow was four pounds even. How was that Nikki stay? And it was in the high 20s as far as days go? Like, uh, yeah, 23 days. 23 wow. days. So they actually okay. did really, really good in the NICU. Like, that's really fast, that um, fast. for triplets to get out of the NICU. And they all came days. home the, they all at came the same, home same time, day. which is kind of unheard of, too. A lot of times, oh my gosh. if you have multiples, they'll come home at different times. And Ren, Ren is the one that was like powering. Through. They were like, she's ready to go home, but she just. But she can't be in a car seat until she's four, four pounds. pounds. She needs to be oh, four pounds. Geez. So they like. They're like, we're going to have to hold her until she's four pounds. And then um, Willow was the one that came home on oxygen. Mm-hmm. So, okay. oh, yeah. Wow. To be Goodness. honest, I feel like the NICU stay for us, um, we learned a lot. And it was a really good transition for us. Sure. I think that for a lot of people, the NICU is very traumatic. Um, but I think that we knew we were going to be there having triplets. And so it was a time for us, you know, to get used to handling them in front of nurses that totally. knew what they were doing, feeding them with people getting advice of all the different nurses that were there. I mean, we still maintain contact with a lot of the nurses that helped us out in the NICU. They're still super special to us. You learn a lot from like the people who are experts in that field yeah, so and being much. able to handle mm-hmm. the babies. Right. You're like, wait, so if you can handle them that way, like, I guess they're not as fragile as sometimes <laughs> yeah. they're just like, like oh, I'm yeah. like, like, oh, whoa, careful <laughs> yeah. with my baby. We have, uh, we have a few friends who had a singleton, but was born very premature. Mm-hmm. Um, and they spent three months in the NICU. Oh. And wow. they were like, yeah, I mean, some parents go home and they're like terrified, right? They, they just went to the hospital like two days later. They're like, have a baby at home. He goes, when you spend three months in the NICU, they teach you everything. everything. Yeah. <laughs> you like, know it all. I can change a diaper like with in the little incubator thing. And uh-huh. like, yeah. Like around all the cords. I an, <laughs> he's like, I can throw an NG tube in. <laughs> right. Yeah. You're yeah. like, I mean, bath time, like you're bathing them with monitors on. So like if anything goes south, like, but at home, you're like, if I'm bathing my baby, like, what if they're... Mm-hmm. You get a little reliant yeah. on, like, the on the, the monitors that you're like... Yeah. Oh, that makes sense. Like, right. Yeah. So but... you get home. Well, I was going to ask what you did to prepare for having the triplets come home. Because, um, you know, you're talking about that you got a different house, you got a different car. What were some of the other things around the house that you're doing to prepare having triplets? Because that's a big change going from zero kids to three kids all at once. And so just like, yeah, having to prepare the house and home. Yeah, I feel like we could have been more prepared. But the problem was we literally moved two weeks after they were born. So we moved while they were in the NICU. We moved. So like our house wasn't like (laughs) totally set up. I know. Wow. Oh, my God. They were supposed to be born later. We were supposed to move into our house earlier. And they all started creeping closer together. There was lots of delays with, like, the city permits or something like that. Or them issuing the certificate of occupancy. Mm -hmm. Um, So, like, our house was supposed to be done in December. And it ended up not being done until, like, the end of January. Mm -hmm. Or beginning (sighs) of February or something like that. So, Oh, my goodness. Yeah. We were like... 
we thought we'd be prepared, right? We were like, oh yeah, we'll be in the new house like for a month or so. We'll get settled before they're even born. Like, and you know, no, apply through another curveball. And yeah, we were. So I mean, but we still did a lot to prepare. I feel like we, you know, like when you're nearing the end, you have your go bag ready of like, okay, this is, you know, like there. Everything you need for the hospital. Everything you need for the hospital. For first week back. Uh, when you're actually home. And just, we had a really good, um, we had a really successful baby shower and I feel like we got showered with a lot of love and like oh, support wonderful. and like, so we pretty much had everything that we needed prior to them being born and didn't have to like, you know, go out and yeah, but I feel like the baby saved our lives. Yeah. If you don't know what that is, it's like the a baby curing, Brezza? for uh-huh. yeah, yeah, yeah. baby formula, yeah. but we yeah. needed that. Those nighttime feedings, like, oh. The boppies, like those total. With, initially, we tried to do it like where, like we would both, because it's it's scary handling three bit newborns. Oh as my god! One yeah, parent. like you, you there's only so two of you. The, yeah, so for the yeah. first week, we were just both doing it. So we were like napping for an hour, getting up, feeding, napping for an hour, getting up, feeding. That was just like our time. life yeah. for a couple weeks until wow. we were like, we wow. can't do we this. Can't we're do zombies. This so we need to figure out how to let one of us sleep through one of the feedings and the only way that you can do that is like bottle propping because we're like it would take way too long for us to individually feed i mean they took an hour and a half to to feed and they were just hard and you feed every three hours so literally it's an hour and a half and then you're like i have to do this again in an hour and a half oh my god so and then you change the diaper burp every single time burping yeah so you just we just got it down to like every three hours our girls had reflux so they take an hour to drink two ounces and then they throw it up. You got home. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. You're like getting oh, them no. to sleep through the night. Those are some of the things like having triplets because you're you're only as good as your weakest link because you have to keep them on the same schedule or else you're just feeding all day long. So you're like, if one wakes up in the middle of the night, I have to wake both of you up or like all three of you up. Yeah. Because we need to oh. all be on the same schedule or else I'm going to feed one and then the next one's going to wake up just as I'm trying to go to sleep. So, Oh my God. Did you have I think, help beyond you? I mean, like parents or friends or... We had... Not like spend the night help or like right. anything like that initially. We had great, like just people that would bring us meals or that would come and like yeah. help do when housework you feed for us while we're like, yes. yeah, exactly. That's nice. Um, a little bit of support. But it's yeah. hard when... when it's a you know it's not like a full-term baby that you're taking care of but yeah you know, you're having yeah preemies after a NICU stay and there's yeah. three and there's three and you have to feed them every three hours and yeah oh my God. all that it was an, you... I still feels like a blur I'm like how does the right? bottle propping work they have little um things for it like these little we got these little boppy loungers like yeah. on it oh perfect okay. um that hold the bottle you got just it. want to and make sure that they're on, they're their, on side their side so that if anything It's honestly happens. not the safest, but you really just have, I mean... There's the no other way. Right, yeah. We used to not right? have seatbelts in cars. Like, right. it's yeah. probably You have fine. to monitor them and For sure. then you just... But like, yeah, we would just stand right over them. Like, you watch all three of them. It's like any, you know, I mean, it's... Then you pick them up and yeah. you heard, and then like, you'd burp them each burp individually them. and rotate. And <laughs> oh, my God. But the thing is, is like, you're like it's either this or like we don't sleep at all you know so we and then you're not gonna last very system. long to you know yeah really take care of a baby if you yeah and then sleep, is that so. safe you know what i mean like is no. it safe to be like on zero <laughs> sleep like with newborn right. infant, like four pound kids no so it's like 
I don't know. That's just... you just kind of do what you got to do to survive. And how long until you guys like maybe got a normal amount of sleep again? <laughs> or are you um, still not there yet? Probably six months. <laughs> no, yeah, they're six... really good sleepers now. At six months in, we were like. Let's look into the au pair program. Let's get yeah. an au pair. Yeah. <laughs> Love that. No, but that's when we started looking that's at it. That's when we it. started okay. sleep training. It was like but. six months. And luckily, I feel like they were pretty easy to sleep train because they were NICU babies and like they're so regimented and we had to be so regimented with them um, since the day they came home. So like we fed them at the exact same time every single day. Yeah. We napped, napped the them time. at the like, exact same time. So like they... And then we would, we took like this sleep training course and we did what's called a dream feed where you like put them to bed and say, you know, you feed them, you put them to bed at eight and then you go in while they're still sleeping at like 10 o'clock before they mm -hmm. keep them up. like swaddled up, like don't change their diaper for that feed, but then you just kind of like top them off. And I swear that gave us like an extra two or three hours Ooh, of a night. So. Daddy has. Yeah. Yes, yeah. That's a tip. <laughs> A so yeah, look up the feed. dream feed. The dream feed. Um, I've never heard of I've that. I've never heard of that either. Okay, yeah. look up take, taking care of babies is awesome to follow on Instagram. Okay. She's like a, a Sleep NICU. Um, she was a NICU nurse or oh, wonderful or doctor yeah, and a feeding like specialist. A feeding specialist. She anyways, we did lot. her course and learned a lot, and then just like stuck to it. And so it. I mean, they started doing. We would do the dream feed. And they would pretty much sleep through the whole night until like, you know, six or seven in the morning. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And then maybe at about eight months, eight to 10 months, we started to get them pretty much to sleep all the way through the night from like seven to seven. Yeah, And that's kind of the routine and schedule that they've been on since. And they'll still pretty much sleep seven to seven. So yeah. we're very lucky that, that's amazing. I mean, that we at least have good nights. Because the days are tough. Our dream would be to have twins, maybe triplets, who knows. Um, yeah. But I was like, we have... It sounds like a dream and a nightmare all at once. <laughs> I, I kind of want to experience it. And then I'm like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> but I was like, oh, wait, we have like, we have like this room that we were going to maybe do, you know, a nursery in. But I was like, are we going to have to split them up if there's two? But like, no, we're going to, we're going to stick to it. I think they can... If we have triplets, then we would have to get a new house. Yes. And a new well, car. That's probably Let's do it. Let's do it. Oh my god. Never say, just move never to Utah. We can do it together. Oh my god, I'm not shoveling stuff. Only if you'll shovel if you'll shovel snow for me, I'll move to Utah. Yeah. We'll, we'll, move it, we'll, we'll just move into the like... apartment downstairs. And yeah, then... we'll just move into the apartment downstairs. Then we'll have five kids. Yeah. Uh, so you exactly. do have an au pair though, right? So when we do now. Yeah. When when did uh, you bring an au pair into the into the picture? And how did you do childcare prior to? Um, it was mostly like family, like grandmas would come and oh, help okay. babysit yeah. and give us like right. a night off, um, sort of a thing. You really want the tea. We had a nanny that was <laughs> always horrible, horrible, horrible. That <laughs> oh, we fired no. on vacation. We don't mention names, but it um, went yeah, down. and it went really viral on TikTok because she created this video and like came at us and. We had to get an attorney involved and like send her a cease and desist that. letter. It was yeah. drama. We can, oh. we can on the that, on the next podcast we yes. can go over yeah. that, that whole oh thing. We'll go over do's and don'ts of hiring an addy. Oh, next. perfect. Okay, great. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and then we were kind of like from that experience, we were like, oh, that was bad. Like, 
we had some friends that were like, you should look into the au pair program. We've used au pairs for like six or seven years and they're amazing. You basically hire somebody from, it's like a foreign exchange student, but for childcare. Um, and it's, you know, people from other countries that want to experience America and you, they live with you, um, and they really become part of your family. So our mm, first surrogate, okay. um, we got about a year when they were about a year old. Um, and we had her for a year and she was amazing. Um, really became part of our family. And then we just, um, about six months ago ish, we got our second au pair. Um, and she's been great. We, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's been. So yeah, we way better had really good luck hiring it's... like random babysitters and nannies. Yeah. yeah. I think we have some friends that have an au pair. We do, we do. And they yeah. um were like you absolutely have to do it. And I, yeah. they said something it's almost more cost effective than like a nanny, it right? Is. Just like yeah. so way more kind of bizarre. I mean, you end up yeah. like you're paying for their space and you're I mean, you have to have food room for and... them and their food and you yeah. got like a little runaround car and things like that, but um, when it comes to like hourly rate of what somebody would charge to watch triplets, I mean, it's a lot more <laughs> yeah. affordable. Yeah. Which mm-hmm. I don't think I knew. I mean, I think the word au pair sounds like, oh, that's too fancy for me. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. you know, it just sounds, but if, if, especially if you have triplets, right? And like, yeah. you're like, for no, us, it's just like, we just house. need an extra hand. Yeah. yeah. We, we honestly like... don't leave her alone with them. Like, right. one on three for her whole like shift Correct. most of the time it's just like okay you're an extra set of hands so that like jake can go out and, yeah. and work or i can go yeah. out and work that's and we can tell if we need balance like even if she's not like the we put the kids to bed but i mean we're still gay dads who need a friday night every once in a while and yeah. so yeah. she can watch the monitors and we could go out and have that's a little date night. one yeah. question that i had it, that's been on my mind lately too um just thinking about how life changes after you have kids and how your relationship changes after you have kids. So Mm -hmm. I'm wondering like, because that's something that you hear a lot amongst people is like, Oh, wait until you have kids. You won't have a life. Blah, blah, blah. Things things that are unhelpful to hear. Like, let's just create the list. It's so annoying. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. You want things. So I'm just wondering like, how did your lives change and how did your relationship (laughs) change once the three babies arrived? I feel like for us, like honestly, and maybe it was because we were so exhausted. I feel like it made our relationship better because we just, Stop fighting about the small like, stuff, right? I don't, like, I don't, the I don't energy to fight about that anymore. Like, like, and it was just really that. cute seeing him in his element and like being a oh. dad and like, mm. you know, I think that you fall in love at a different, deeper level because you're like, I love oh, you bad. so much before, but like, I love you even more now because just watching you with my kids, like, there's something very special about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it it obviously changes your life, but. In way more good than bad. And I feel like um, you learn to adjust and, and you kind of also realize that like everything is just for a season, right? Like that first six months, it was like, we kind of knew we're hunkered down. This is going to be hard for the first six months. Like right. we're going to maybe be sleep deprived. There's going to be a lot of beautiful moments, but like, we're like, we'll get back to kind of a more normal life in the future, you know? And we did. And we, I feel like, there's things we've always tried to maintain and that's like time for each other, um, time for ourselves. And, um, I think that, you know, the more you're doing that, the more you're the better of a parent you're going to be. And so I feel like if you, you know, making sure that you do 
have a nanny or a babysitter that can come and, and take care of your kids for a few hours a week or whatever, whatever you can make work. Yeah. Um, so that you can, you can find the time for yourselves and for each other. Mm-hmm. I think this, yeah. I think that's helped us. Yeah. And I think that will look differently for everybody. I mean, not everybody's financial situation is the same and can right. have an au pair or a consistent babysitter. But I think that making conscious effort to make time for yourself and time for your relationship is important is important because I think that you can get so sucked into now I have a kid, this is my life, this is my purpose. And I think that if there's one thing that we want to be known for, it's really being advocates for being able to 100% love your children more than anything. And they are your everything. And also recognize that you need time for yourself and recognize that it's okay to, mm-hmm. you know, go on a date night and it's okay to wear speedos. <laughs> oh, is I that never... a conversation? <laughs> Did somebody okay bring that up? Still, like, Did you see our post about the speedo? Like, we got like two. We get a lot of speedo hate. I mean, I saw a beautiful photo of you two with the, with the speedos, with and I was kids. like, "Hello." But oh no, I did not say, wait, maybe I, I no, didn't read the comments. I, I, I want to, I want to, we just get people that tear you apart. People like, that were like commenting, like you I should wanna... not be wearing that with your kids what? around. That's so inappropriate. Like, I love you, your family, but this is very inappropriate. Like, like I was bathing with so my mom until I was like four I'm years like, old. My I'm kids like... <laughs> watch me shower. Is that inappropriate? Like you're two. <laughs> Stop sexualizing my kids. Like seriously, that's the yeah. weirdest like, thing. That is so bizarre. But like, yeah. Ugh. Anyways, anyways, wow. that's where the speedo comes. That's a tangent. Wow. But it does. I mean, it changes your life, and there is an adjustment. Long story short, kids will do that, but. I think in the best way and there's always room for, I don't think that life is about being completely 100% balanced, but it's a balancing act. Um, So there's always going to be, you know, the pendulum's always going to swing in different directions and you have to ride that and there'll be seasons of change. And I think just always being conscious of that helps you to be able to get through it. Gives perspective. Yeah. Gives perspective mm-hmm. to just know that. Yeah, but yeah. Temporary I sentence. hate that comment. Just just you wait. Like just wait until they're three. Just wait until they're potty trained. Just wait until they're the I'm like, yeah. Like, but yeah. also like everyone's like phases are different because I hear some parents that are like, you know, I hated the newborn stage, but now I'm loving too. You know, and I'm like, Oh wow. Kind of going the opposite. Or, mm-hmm, you know, yeah. or it's mm-hmm. like you hear parents that are like, oh, if you think two is bad, then just wait till three. And I'm like, I don't want it to be like doomsday all the day. Be present because it, like, yeah. like, it does fly Go by. Like it, it, the, that's like the most cliche thing, but the most true is the days are long, but the years fly by. Yep. I think yeah. that that's just so true. So just be present. Soak it all in. As Soak it in. There, there's going to be hard times and beautiful times within the hard times too. So. I will say that you have put a little bit more hope and inspiration back into me and in thinking about the future. I feel excited to continue our journey to parenthood and, you know, make it to that point. And uh, just like hearing from you guys about your experience and all the positive things in there, like that to me is reassuring. Like, okay, this is why we're doing it. This well, is why and, we're like, doing it. and like, it's just, reassuring that you know hearing uh, about other people's hurdles and obviously like that is not something that i want for other people but 
if you've gone through it and then you know you've kind of overcame and you're on the other side of of it then it always always gives us hope right that each little hurdle yeah. that we that we hit we're like nope we can still do this we can keep we can going and uh it's not about you know it's not always about the finish line you know about yeah. the journey mm-hmm. and yeah i think that 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 was just such yeah. a such a great thing for you to provide us today <laughs> oh good and um i i don't know i think that that is the one of the biggest things that i learned about or like going through the surrogacy process and the journey to parenthood was that like things are not totally in our control all the time and like you control what you can control but there's a lot that you can't and like that's okay and you just kind of have to go with it and like life will happen the way that it's supposed to happen and you know obviously you guys have a desire to make this happen and if the desire is there like it's it's going to happen in one way or another for you Mm -hmm. and um, it's just kind of navigating that and, and getting to that that point. But I, I feel like I feel it in my heart that it will happen too. So yeah, appreciate thank it. you. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for coming on and giving us your wisdom and talking to us about triplets and all the things and the tips and tricks have been really helpful. We clearly have more to talk about in later episodes. Yes. So <laughs> I'm sure this will not be the last time that you guys uh, are, are on our computer screen. And I hope that we can make it to Utah at some point. Seriously. I haven't been there forever. Yes. My sister used to live there, but um, I would I would love to come down. I had this had this idea. I was like, oh, what if we just like, what if we just like went down there and then like we just took care of the triplets and like they just got to do whatever they want for a day. Oh. <laughs> I guess it'd be Don't us and the old pair. Or or like, it could be like us, like you guys like teaching us how to be dads. We're gonna like, go so down funny. to Utah and we're and we're just gonna go out and we're gonna look for a surrogate. <laughs> Seriously, right? Oh my god! Yeah, we, we have a lot to talk like about. Groups, our uh, surrogate is we literally should. doing we it do. again. Oh my god! <laughs> I think that's the last time they'll let her. Oh though. my god! Oh my god! <laughs> like your your <laughs> uterus needs a break. <laughs> For all those listening, make sure to follow Daddies to Three on TikTok and Instagram. And if you enjoyed listening to their story, go ahead and hit that follow button on the podcast a rating and a review helps us out a lot helps push this out to other people who might be looking for this information so thank you for listening and thank you for leaving a review and a rating and until next time daddy's Daddy's out save big on brunch for mom all in the kroger app get half gallons of delicious kroger milk for 129 each then get flavorful tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for 249 a pound all with your card and a digital coupon Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.